Welcome to the Best Work Podcast, hosted by Ben Henley-Smith. The goal of this show is to uncover the personal stories of successful software engineers, founders, thinkers, and leaders who are all navigating their own working journey. Finding our best work is often a hidden journey, uncovered through an ongoing conversation with ourselves and the world around us. Every one of these episodes is packed with timeless ideas you can apply to your own life so you too can find your best work. In this conversation, Ben speaks to the head of engineering at Worldpay, Usman Bashir. The conversation predominantly centers on mentorship, with Usman sharing his route towards management and then onto leadership. Detailing the role of mentors in that journey, he reveals his experiences in finding a mentor, why their seniority and experience matter, and why it's helpful if you don't work at the same company as them. Usman shares his insights on the key points throughout a mentoring process from both sides, how to know when your mentor might not be a fit for you, and how to run your first session as a mentor. He also details the importance of values in continually improving one's decision-making, and what it really takes to become a leader that truly generates change. How do we as human beings oversample those negative experiences and what impact does that have on our working life? Yeah, so how does us as humans do it? It's it's natural to do it, right? Because um, it's conservation. Um, we go through when something bad happens to us, right? Um, there's certain sort of chemical reactions that happen. But what tends to happen is that we, we in ourselves, depending on how we have built ourselves, you know, we might repeat those experiences again and again. Whilst, for example, I'll give you an example that I have a strength. My strength is that I do subconscious thinking. What does that mean, right? So if I'm solving a problem, I'm not focusing on the problem with pen and paper or in a meeting, I'm going for a run. I am doing something else, right? And without thinking about it, at some point in time, I would have solved that problem. So I didn't know that I used to do that until I actually reflected and you know what, you know, people actually sit down and pen and paper. Or I just being in the shower. Type yeah, thing. exactly. Like I wouldn't be, it's subconscious thinking. Your brain is still solving that problem. Now that's a strength and it will work for yourself. But also what I found out that when there is, so getting hurt is another problem. Now, you can't solve it there and then. This is not an algorithm that you say, if I present a solution. Or maybe you are trying to say, what can I do better? But what you're doing is, what I was doing when I had that accident was I was replaying it again and again and again and again. And it was subconsciously happening like to me. The, like the negative side of that positive the, subconscious. The, the, exactly, exactly. So I think it's very important to know know what's going on with yourself, right? So you need to 
so that that negativity so going back so this is an explanation of how it can manifest itself now what tends to happen for people is either people just power through i'll just do it which means what you have have 5 6 7 10 11 another sort of number of anxious rides that you do till your brain actually starts to forget you you know overridden by experience now but you still have a risk that some people might not be able depending on the gravity of the accident that you have they never be able to do it because they over every time they go out they over sample so let's say one experiences one ride for 3 hours in the 3 hours maybe 3 hours is replaying that sort of experience so they're not experiencing the positivity in that ride the second thing is when they go home and still doing that sort of repeat so they might actually never go over it so that's the risk of just powering through not knowing what's going on the second i think the most impactful thing that happened for me is that when i told one of my friends uh, close friends of mine um and he's not a cyclist he's like oh this has happened i'm not cycling at the moment and, and just to clarify you, thing, you broke your collarbone cycling yeah I, yeah i broke my collarbone so like so a friend of mine just said oh so when are you getting back on the bike and he did it consciously because he's a he's a leader and he knew that he needed to push nudge me in that direction so every week he's not a cyclist himself so he doesn't have that common passion but he knew that this is a problem that might manifest every week he was like okay so what are you getting back on the bike so i think that support system needs to actually be there so we don't actually know sometimes or have value the support system enough it's super tricky when it's an individual journey when finding work and pursuing our best work is something that yeah. that happens across different companies sometimes even across yeah. different industries so it's hard yeah. to keep people with you who can keep you kind of uh, in those like same positive patterns or reminding you and nudging you to go in the right directions if they're not kind of along with you for the whole journey Yeah so I think th- that's why I said it's first of all that I found is it was my responsibility to find a good environment or create that good environment regardless of what the real world situation was right you join a company you might have a good manager you might not have a good manager uh you might have a great support system you might have a weaker support system so I think that's why I talked about knowing what really worked for you and growing and theoretically understanding what works right what works to be like i know people think about it as a manager what makes for a great team but individual contributors should know what makes a good team what should know what motivates a human being so i think you learn i didn't learn about you know what motivates people what a high performance team looks like um till I, i decided to become a manager or people leader right but i now feel that actually it would help me choose better uh, opportunities if i knew what that you know this is what motivates people this is what a, a good team or team building looks like because then i could evaluate my managers 
So I think one of the things that people could do is know what's right. And maybe sometimes people think, okay, as an IC, I don't need to know, think that I'm not becoming a people person or a people manager. I don't need to know that. But you need to know what a good manager is. And what makes a good manager is they know how to motivate people. They know how to build good teams and solve problems. So I think that, so this is again about that support system. How do you build it? How do you build it with knowledge? And then how do you build it across um, different companies? And getting mentors is the best way of doing it across different companies. So basically somebody who's been through certain experience, somebody who's a big believer in themselves. So mentors sometimes are, you know, you don't want a mentor basically that says, I want to train a super accomplished human being to, to, and that's really great to another different level. Somebody who knows your level, knows your challenges and a strong believer in yourself. So, you know, when I did that for myself, a coach, um, that really helped me make better decisions and create that. Okay. This is, this doesn't make sense. This makes sense. It's interesting that the coach doesn't, isn't specific to the company. Absolutely. I think it's, it's important to actually have an outside view, right? And it's also because what that really disconnects for the mentor is any sort of incentives. The best mentor is that is incentivized to do good. Like they, whenever they mentor someone, they get that good feeling and that's their reward. But within organization, if somebody's doing it because they're ticking some check, you know, some box, which basically, oh, I'm, you know, a supporter of women in technology or I am this and that. So the people might be incentivized to doing that. Um, and then they might, they might be type, let's say there are, there are categories of people, right? You're trying to find a tribe that really understands you and you understand them. They value you, you value them. And so if you get a, you're a type, whatever you want to say, type two or type whatever category, you go into a company, you find out you're now in a company which is type one and you're a type two. And then if you have a mentor that's type one, they might be trying to make you into something that you're not. So having an outside view actually helps you realize that, okay, this is not the right place. And how do we update the model to actually learn from what you, why did you join this company? Or So what was the gap in the model? How do you update that? And how do you go to those type two or sort of people? How do you find a mentor? Okay, so that that is a hard thing. You have to. I don't think you can find a mentor without doing a little bit of a discovery yourself, right? You need to start reflecting on yourself, knowing what your needs are, knowing what your passions are, right? It can't be like a generic oh another leader that you got or some experienced person that you got. Somebody that can understand your journey. So it could be, for example, for me, um, I needed a highly empathetic person. I was born and raised in Pakistan. I was an immigrant here uh, from a very humble background. Um, 
initially my years of looking for work was just purely not passion it's like oh my god i need to sort of make ends meet and be successful in that and luckily by byproduct i got great companies it wasn't a thoughtful thing it was i was trying to solve other problems just by pure luck i got good roles so somebody that gets that somebody that appreciates that because a part of mentoring journey a great part because uh, one of my weaknesses is that sometimes i over index i forget um what my journey looks like and i think it's very important for a mentor to be able to to understand like for example if you and i both take a journey and you're carrying heavier bags right and we get to the same place at the same time um a mentor really helps you think look you know you've been carrying these bags so you've got to be kind to yourself like there are certain aspects especially tailored that your needs are that a mentor needs to look for then for example i need someone given these growth areas given where where my journey is like where where my destination is you need to then choose almost several uh mentors and see what pans out see what relationship sticks cuz my experience has been that it's 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 you know i picked mentors which were you know superstars like i really respected them and you know like really high flying type of you know <clears throat> ctos you know managing thousands of people and then i had someone who's super super respected but not have that thousands of people journey but that person made a lot more impact on me because it was very you know um uh he was doing it his he was doing coaching as a byproduct like that's his passion isn't there a part of it too where you need a mentor who's not too far away in the future but it's kind of the version of yourself but in 2 years time because practically speaking you want to you you want to you can only go at a certain i mean a certain pace and you want to you want to grow into the next version of yourself but it's hard to jump from like a person who's for example managing 20 people to to a to a team of a thousand people, the problems that those two types of people are presented with are very different. And is there an argument to say that actually what I want to do is try and find someone who's just that two years older than me, or that's a terrible way of phrasing it, uh, who, who's just that step ahead in from where I am? Um, so I think it, it, it's my experience. It makes sense what you're saying. Somebody who's quite empathetic, recent experience but i think i i really believe somebody who has seen it all would not you know like i reflect on on myself in my 20 year journey what i find really important when i found what i found really important when i was 20 something to 20 years later 
um, it's completely different. And sometimes people with all that experience actually have not just done two years of reflection, gone through it, they've actually done several, maybe decades of reflection. They've gone through several different aspects of those experiences. So it's not like, you know, and then they've gone, and, and so they've then come to a better conclusion. You see what I'm saying? So if somebody goes through one experience and makes some biases about and, and makes some sort of, doesn't have the complete data, hasn't grown that much, where somebody who's done that whole journey, holistic journey, would be able to make better decisions. But more important than all that experience, all of that experience, and I've got, uh, you know, mentorship from people who like had thirty years of experience, and I've got, you know, the best coach uh, and mentor. You know, I'm I'm happy to openly say it is Andy Skipper, right? Um, uh, I don't know if Andy is a lot older than me, but he's more passionate about coaching. So it's about someone who really cares and really cares about the community, will almost outrun every single person because, you know, just, you'll just, um, that passion will drive a lot of different things that you need, which is listening, which is believing, which is then connecting, which is then many, many different aspects. So I think in a mentor, just like in a manager, you need to know that if, what are they doing this for? And that's not very obvious. You have to go through different mentors to actually find out, right? You might actually get that thousand person, you know, they're maybe towards the end of the, their journey and like in terms of professional journey, but now they're just coaching, right? They're willing, like really thinking about, you know, passionate about giving back to the community. And if you get that, because a lot of people might be going after that person to, um, uh to get coaching but if you get that that would be amazing right um but you have to what i would say you have to try different coaches different mentors and you might might outgrow certain mentors but have a support network you have to try them you have to be you have to be very honest and have a difficult conversation where it's not working out because what what i did early in my career was I asked for a mentor, I got a mentor. I was really grateful, oh, this CTO or CIO is mentoring me of better. But they were doing a really crappy job at it. They were really like moving times all the time, you know, just, just didn't, weren't feel passionate. And I initially felt it very difficult to have that, like say, hey, you're not giving me the time that you, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're doing me a disservice. But the second time around, actually, when this happened, I, I just reached out and I said, look, you know, please don't become a mentor because, you know, people needing help might be in a difficult situation. You have to take this very seriously. And that made an impact. Um, but unfortunately, it's kind of like mentoring especially is about trying a lot and you might get 10% or less than that kind of hit rate. On the on the on the outreach, on the outreach and then execution, right? So 
I think there's an issue this time where somebody gets you or somebody doesn't, right? There might be even people, so there's aspects of it. So one aspect is somebody who gets your journey, somebody who understands and believes that, for example, if I want to be a CTO for X, you know, smaller org, I'm already there. So I currently manage 100 people um, and bigger orgs and bigger orgs, right? So, um, so it, somebody that gets your journey, that's one. Somebody who basically has a little bit of the context, for example, there are specializations, as you said, some Ben, that somebody who, who's, for example, my thing is machine learning, building machine learning products. Somebody who's built that, done that, might be able to give you more contextualized information. But that's that's lower on the list. Leadership coaching is really about you know fundamental leadership, like how do you build resilience? How do you make sense of the aches and pains and the difficulties that you face? Um, how do you get to where you want to be? in a very competitive world. So I think that's more important. And then last bit is if they've done something similar, that'd be great. If you're a a mentor or if you're if you're someone like you who is is leading people, how how do you help someone understand themselves? Yeah, I think the technique that I tend to use is that first you just got to talk about, you know, let them describe their journey. Let's them, let them, um, you know, how would they, if they were to write their story, how would they write their story? Cause that kind of shows me how they view themselves. Right. Um, by the way, I'll just skip over the fact that you have to build trust for people to be really vulnerable because coaching is at the heart of it. I'm not there to just teach them Rust or Kubernetes or, you know, some deep learning algorithm or something. I'm just trying to build this whole human being that that can sort of take this journey forward. Right. And so I think first of all is that how would they write their story? Are they even aware, right, of what their story is? So start building on, on, on that. If the person is a little bit unaware, you know, you, you would ask them sort of kind of challenging questions, right? Probe them about, you know, if you're their manager, then you'll be able to get more data points because you're experiencing them in in day to day, week to week. You can ask them really challenging questions. Are they really confident about themselves? What's you know? You can ask them like, what's the once you develop trust? What's the most difficult decisions that made, right? So you're kind of getting a sense of their foundation. Um. And then how, help them understand what their values are, right? Because values, I think people, if people understand their values, it gets them through a lot of difficult situations, 
right? It helps them be brave in certain situations. Um, How do you know what your values are? So for example, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that requires a lot of introspection. So it could be that it could be described by the journey that you take and what you believe in, right? So for example, I became a leader, uh, a manager, because I saw the impact a really great manager had on me, right? So taking average managers and a great manager really created a huge impact. So after committing to myself, I'm going to be a great manager. So I'm going to learn all the theories for it. So that meant that I didn't need some corporate or some company training. I searched out and reflected on what made great leaders, right? Some amazing leaders, something to aspire to. So, so this is not software engineering. Like what made Mother Teresa, who didn't have any positional power, have so much influence or the likes of Abdul Sattar Idi, right? Who basically built Asia's largest private network, uh, ambulance network. Man could not, was, could not, does, did not know how to read or write. Like what made this person who did not know how to read and write make such a huge impact? And it was foundationally, I saw that he basically really went through life and was just really sincere about certain things. And he grew and he grew and that sincerity drove him and it touched every human being. Like it, it, it takes a different person to when you're in an area where gangs are fighting, but if ED ambulance comes, they will stop fighting because they have this unbelievable respect for this human being. So I think that made me kind of reflect on or seek out what it means to be a leader other than sort of what, uh, and it was beyond the values of a company, right? Now, once I started on that journey, when a difficult situation came, like in a particular situation, somebody said that one of the reports that I kind of built up as a, as a leader, somebody said, we don't, we don't need you because you built him as a, a as a leader. Now, human instinct might kick in that I know that he's not really there. So what do I do? Like, do I live by my values and carry on coaching and mentoring the person? Or do I submit to my Lord desire to say, look, let me let I let him fail. And there could be many different reasons for people to do this. Like I have a family. I built up this organization from scratch. You know, you might have many different reasons, but if you don't know your values, you're not going to make the right decision because there's always something, always an excuse uh, outside your values that you might actually say, no, actually I'm doing the right thing. So I carried on coaching and mentoring. And then everybody said, okay, we really need him because look, these are the last two weeks and these are the problems that, you know, husband helped me solve. So, I think it starts with reflection. It starts with a sense of purpose. And a sense of purpose actually helps you explore your values. And as you go through your working journey, you will have made so many different decisions at different points, uh, which mentors to take, 
how to make decisions based off your values, which companies to join, which jobs to take. How how do you actively improve your own decision making? So I think uh, uh, it, it, your decision making has many different it's sort of input or uh, um, it has many different aspects that you use to actually make that decision, right? So for example, one of my mentors actually helped me realize over the last period of years that at many stages, there was a need for approval. I had a need for approval. Now what that tension or that sort of thing that existed in me pulled me in a different direction, pulled me a little bit away from my values, pulled me a little bit away from a North Star, um, which is building great products, great teams. That's why I became an engineer. That's why I became, I'm still on this journey. So that meant that, you know, that had a, a huge that was constantly having an impact on my decision making right and i would have never been able to really get that without my mentor so once i knew that what how do i kind of deal with that right so for example now i have a problem how do i solve it so i started reading up or reflecting on where that need for approval came from. So all the way from childhood, right? You know, the language your parents use, um, you know, who are the kind of leaders that are just injecting that need for approval? Because there are, you know, people don't talk about it, but not everyone be behaves ideally in this world. So you've got to be very careful. I know we don't talk about it over interviews. We don't talk about it. So be be very so I became cognizant of the fact that I, you know every decision making is it am I doing it based on values or is it the problem that I'm having what what are what is the purpose of that so it's my day-to-day -day operation then if it was to you know decide on my next role I need to be able to to make sure that basically I'm making the decision for my passions and for for my values. I have not fixed myself, so I don't know. I, I, I need some data points to say what I'm doing, but it's definitely helped my operations um, a lot more, my conversations a lot more. I think uh, the way that you're able to to give yourself some distance from your your kind of your own experience there and uh reflect on it and monitor it is is amazing and uh i don't think enough of us enough of us do it and find the space to be able to reflect on uh themselves from a top-down point of view and work out what improvements we could make in order to to be better well thanks i think the I was able to do that. I think one of the things that really helped me, or one of the the, the, the kind of experiences in my childhood that strengthened this. So there was, 
and adversity in my early childhood years, which made me an outsider. Right. What was it? Um, it was extended family making me feel like an outsider, always like an outsider. So I embraced that outsiderness so much that basically, if if somebody said like, like I don't know, then I, I leapfrogged and I had a lot more confidence, even when I, you know, there wasn't any, um, you know, there there was feedback. So the, it was a bit of a double edge. The same situation, um, the same adversity actually created a deep rooted need for approval, but also actually strengthened me in saying that I want to build products. I don't really care for approval. So it's like Jekyll and Hyde situation, right? But I'm able to be retrospective is because the first step is I'm a rebel, right? So what? But then that opens up a book, which allows me to then read the book through a, you have to switch gears to say, okay, now I'm in that growth mindset. And how do I get better? Maybe get better as a rebel, right? But, but still get better. So those two identities, which I have to be really careful about, um, not the growth, but the rebel identity, right? It powers me through a lot of, you know, uh, people don't believe in it. Actually, I'm going to make it work. It worked. Actually, okay, everybody's on board now, right? But it helps me reflect. It melts me power through. I just have to be careful with that. And that helps. I don't know whether that answered your question, Ben, but that's how I... I... No, it does. It does. And I really enjoyed our conversation. And uh, I... Uh... Thank you for taking the time out to share it, and I hope that your uh, rebel uh, way of way of doing things uh, continues and doesn't change. You too. Take it easy, man. Cheers. The Best Work Podcast is produced by the team at Cord. I'd love your advice on how we can make sure the Best Work podcast is having a profound impact on the way we all pursue our best work. Email me at bennettcord.co. You can also find a transcript of this conversation, insightful video content and more at cord.co slash insights. Thanks for listening.